Before we start today's podcast, a quick heads up on Sherlock's VIP club. From restaurants, bars and hotels to beauty, wellness and shopping, Sherlock's partners with some of London's best destinations and hottest brands to bring its VIPs exclusive monthly offers. So why not sign up? It'll cost you just £5 a month or £50 for the year. Use your card once or twice and you'll have made that amount back in no time. For more information, visit sherlocksvip.com. A quick announcement about The Brief Podcast. If you're enjoying being kept in the know about the latest current affairs news, then you'll want to subscribe to The Brief Podcast as well as The Sherlock's Podcast, as we'll be moving The Brief over to its own designated podcast channel in the next few weeks. Simply search The Brief Podcast in your podcast app and hit subscribe to stay informed. Time poor? Never get around to watching or reading the news? Aware you're not quite as on top of what's happening in the world as you should be? Well, the brief daily from Sherlux.com is the daily email that brings you the scoop on the breaking news and current affairs you need to know about each day. In this weekly podcast, we round up all those stories into one neat episode. So subscribe, keep listening and stay informed. Today is the 13th of September and our main stories in the brief this week are Over 1 million US residents in the states of North Carolina, South Carolina and Virginia were given evacuation orders earlier this week as the country braces ahead of the arrival of a Category 4 storm. Hurricane Florence is expected to be the worst storm ever to hit the region, with forecasters predicting high winds and the potential for severe flooding and storm surge. The US National Hurricane Center has suggested the storm is close to reaching Category 5 strength, the highest in the classification system. Evacuation has begun in coastal areas, as the storm is expected to make landfall on Thursday. In a news conference on Monday, South Carolina Governor Henry McMaster said he expected at least a million people to evacuate the state's coastline, insisting the disruption was necessary to save lives. Governors across Virginia, the Carolinas, Maryland and Washington, D.C. have declared a state of emergency, granting the authorities additional powers to impose curfews and establish shelters to prepare for the storm. Russian President Vladimir Putin has said authorities have identified those believed to be responsible for the nerve agent poisoning of Sergei and Yulia Skripal in Salisbury earlier this year. Speaking at an economic forum in Vladivostok, Putin said Russia had found the two men named by UK authorities as suspects, but added there is nothing special or criminal about them. Russia claims the pair are civilians and Putin has denied allegations they were employed by Russia's military to carry out the attack against the Skripals. Putin's claims go against those of the UK government, which believes the men were working for the GRU, Russia's intelligence agency. Russia has refused to extradite the suspects, although a European arrest warrant has been issued in the event of the men leaving the country. Theresa May's position as Prime Minister has come under further pressure after reports emerged 50 Conservative MPs gathered earlier this week to discuss ousting her from leadership. The European Research Group, ERG, made up of Eurosceptic MPs and chaired by Jacob Rees-Mogg, is said to have met to discuss how May can be removed. Rees-Mogg did not attend the meeting and has insisted he supports May, saying, I have long said and repeated that policy needs to be changed, but I'm supporting the person. The ERG is against May's Chequers plans for the Brexit agreement and is pressuring the PM to drop the proposed arrangement. Yesterday, the group published an alternative Brexit plan for the Irish border, focused on expanding current technology to avoid a hard border in Ireland. Party sources have suggested a challenge to May's leadership could take place at the Conservative Party conference at the end of this month. MPs must gather at least 48 letters of no confidence to prompt a vote on May's position. Sky News reports that May's challengers are in the process of coordinating the necessary number of letters. 
In UK news, Boris Johnson has described the Prime Minister's plan for Brexit as a suicide vest. Writing in the Mail on Sunday, the ex-Foreign Secretary called Theresa May's Chequers proposals a humiliation that would ensure Brussels gets what Brussels wants. Meanwhile, the Sunday Times revealed details of a 4,000-word war book about Johnson's sex life prepared by one of the Prime Minister's aides during the 2016 Conservative leadership election. Downing Street denied ordering that the document be updated and circulated around Westminster. It emerged late last week that Johnson and his wife Marina Wheeler had begun divorce proceedings after separating some time ago. The pair, who have four children together, issued a joint statement after Friday's Sun reported fresh claims that Johnson had been unfaithful. The personal and financial details of hundreds of thousands of British Airways customers have been stolen. The airline said it was hacked between August the 21st and September the 5th, with 380,000 payments compromised. It is urging customers who made bookings in that time, either through BA.com or the BA app, to contact banks and credit card providers. The stolen information did not include travel or passport details. BA, the National Crime Agency and the National Cyber Security Centre are all investigating the hack. Under new GDPR rules, the airline was obliged to issue a breach notification within 72 hours of detection. The airline sector has recently become a regular target for hackers, with Air Canada, Thomas Cook and Delta all confirming breaches within the last 12 months. BA has already said it will compensate passengers for any financial loss and pay for a year-long credit rating monitoring service for them. The airline also faces a potential fine of up to £500 million from the Information Commissioner's Office for the breach. Tony Blair is not sure the Labour Party can be taken back from supporters of Jeremy Corbyn. The ex-Prime Minister has told a BBC podcast that his former party has undergone a profound change since Corbyn became leader. Asked to consider the prospect of Corbyn's Labour facing off against the Boris Johnson-led Conservative Party at the next general election, Blair suggested a progressive, moderate party could step in, saying, I just don't believe people will find that an acceptable choice. Something will fill that vacuum. The Chief Inspector of Schools has said Ofsted is absolutely not underperforming after MPs said it would lose credibility if it did not improve. Amanda Spielman told BBC Radio 4 she did not recognise the picture painted by a new report from the House of Commons Public Accounts Committee. The report said Ofsted had struggled under Spillman and her predecessor Michael Wilshaw as a result of funding cuts, high staff turnover and flawed policies. MPs on the committee also expressed disappointment at Spillman's reluctance to criticise the government over funding issues. Labour MP Chuka Amuna has told Sky News his party has become institutionally racist after failing to deal with anti-Semitism. The centre-left Streatham MP, who was a prominent backbencher, said, It's very painful for me to say that. Part of the reason that I joined the Labour Party, that my family supported the party, was because it was an anti-racist party. Amuna now believes the party fits the definition of institutional racism laid out in the McPherson report on the Metropolitan Police's handling of the murder of Stephen Lawrence. On Saturday, Amuna also made a speech in which he called on Labour leader Jeremy Corbyn to call off the dogs to stop centre-left MPs being driven out of the party. Words later condemned by Shadow Chancellor John McDonnell as grotesquely offensive. The President of the Police Superintendents Association has expressed genuine fears for the future of the police service. Speaking at the group's annual conference, Chief Superintendent Gavin Thomas warned that fewer officers were now having to work longer and harder. Around 20,000 officers have been cut since 2010, leaving those who remain working extended shifts and facing cancelled leave. Last month, the new head of the Police Federation issued a similar warning. John Apter, who's been an officer for 26 years, said, We can't do everything. There are going to be situations where we simply can't deliver the policing we want to deliver. 
Told to make savings of £325 million by 2022, the Metropolitan Police has stopped investigating incidents involving a loss of under £50 and has downgraded other offences such as shoplifting, car crime and criminal damage to save resources. EU Brexit negotiator Michel Barnier has said a Brexit deal may be brokered within the next two months as UK ministers continue to push for Conservative Party consensus on the proposed Chequers Agreement. Barnier's optimism saw the pound surge in value on Monday, despite claims as many as 80 Tory MPs were prepared to vote against Theresa May's Brexit deal. Earlier this week, a government source alleged a Brexit deal was eminently doable. However, EU and UK negotiators have repeatedly clashed on customs issues, with Downing Street continuing to insist its plans remove the need for EU checks on the Irish border. The EU has rejected May's future customs arrangement. The host of BBC television show QI, Sadie Toxvig, has spoken out against sexism in panel shows, claiming women featured often have their contributions edited out. Toxvig's comments follow recent news that she earns only 40% of the salary received by her predecessor, Stephen Fry. In an interview with the Radio Times, Toxvig said she hoped female panellists found QI a comfortable place, but added women on panel shows are often shown just laughing at the boys and not saying anything at all. Toxvig is the first woman to host a comedy panel show on mainstream British television and helped co-found the Women's Equality Party, a political party aimed at ending gender discrimination. Swing voters in marginal constituencies have revealed changing perceptions of the Labour Party, now associating it with quinoa and student protests. Analysts from consultancy Britain Thinks conducted focus groups and nationwide polling aimed at uncovering what parties could do to tackle Brexit deadlock. As part of their research, they found the food considered the best representation of the Labour Party of 2018 was the grain quinoa. Britain Thinks director Deborah Matteson said the results showed Labour's traditional working class pine pint connotations had evolved. The changing perception has been linked by some to Labour's concerted effort to appeal to young people through the party's stances on student debt and animal welfare. Islamist hate preacher Anjum Chowdhury is due to be released from prison despite prison's minister Rory Stewart labelling him genuinely dangerous. Chowdhury was given a five and a half year sentence in 2016 for urging Muslims to follow terrorist group Islamic State. However, the preacher will be released after less than three years, a decision which will see Chowdhury watched like a hawk by MI5, according to Stewart. A lack of evidence against Chowdhury has resulted in a relatively short sentence for the hate preacher, despite accusations he inspired the actions of Quran Butt, a follower involved in the 2017 London Bridge attack, which left eight people dead. In health news, Public Health England, PHE, and the Drink Aware Trust have launched a drink-free days campaign to help people reduce their alcohol intake by abstaining on more days. A YouGov poll recently found that 20% of UK adults drink more than the national low-risk guidelines set by the chief medical officer. PHE Chief Executive Duncan Selby said, Setting yourself a target of having more drink-free days every week is an easy way to drink less and reduce the risks to your health. Analysis by PHE has found women in the UK have below-average life expectancy when compared to their European counterparts. Data published by PHE shows Spanish, French and Italian women rank as having the highest life expectancy, with Spanish women enjoying the highest expectancy of 86.3 years. The life expectancy of British women was placed 17th in the ranking of 28 European nations, with an average of 83 years. By comparison, British men enjoyed an above-average life expectancy of 79.4 years, ranking 10th among the European nations. 
The Director of Health Improvement for PHE, Professor John Newton, claimed, There is no reason why we shouldn't be as healthy as anywhere in Europe, adding that the results reflected the UK's poor performance in cases of male respiratory disease and women's cancer rates. The World Health Organization, WHO, has found Britain to be Europe's third fattest nation. The UK's growing obesity problem is said to be partially caused by the nation's level of alcohol consumption. European rates of alcohol consumption are the highest worldwide, the average Briton drinking 10.7 litres of pure alcohol annually, above the European average of 8.6 litres. WHO's study found the UK was beaten by only two nations in its obesity rate, Malta and Turkey. Approximately 27.8% of British adults can be classed as obese, the figure growing to 63.7% when including people categorised as overweight. Dr Claudia Stein of WHO's Europe office warned obesity is responsible for the UK's growing rates of diabetes and heart disease and could jeopardise the life expectancy of Brits. In business news, the government is to scrap a planned tax cut for 2.7 million self-employed people in the UK. The move would have saved millions of workers about £150 a year, but there were concerns it could have forced around 300,000 low-earning self-employed people to pay more to access the state pension. Former Chancellor George Osborne announced the plan to scrap Class 2 national insurance contributions in 2015 before his successor Philip Hammond initially delayed it by 12 months, then ditched it last week. Shadow Chancellor John McDonnell described the move as yet another betrayal of the self-employed. The Trades Union Congress, TUC, believes new technology should make it possible by the end of the century for staff to draw full salaries for working four days a week. With artificial intelligence, robotics and automation set to add £200 billion to the UK economy over the next decade, the TUC wants the government to help people work less but get paid the same. Citing figures showing that 1.4 million people in Britain currently work seven days a week, TUC General Secretary Francis O'Grady said the four-day week was its next challenge, having previously won two-day weekends and limits on long hours for workers. Figures from the Office for National Statistics, ONS, have shown British wages improving faster than expected, the 2.9% growth outstripping the inflation rate of 2.4%. The figures show UK workers enjoyed the fastest growth in pay since 2015 in the three months to July as businesses struggled to hire staff. UK unemployment is currently at its lowest level since the 1970s, falling by 55,000 in the same period. UK economists at Capital Markets Andrew Wishart said the ONS figures showed competition for workers was finally starting to provide greater support to wages as the high rate of employment began to impact pay packets offered by British businesses. London has lost its position as the leading centre of global finance to New York. The most recent ZYN Global Finance Centres Index listed New York as number one, using information from the World Bank to calculate its rankings. The city think tank pointed towards Brexit uncertainty as the reason behind London's slip from the top spot, as rival EU cities such as Zurich and Frankfurt climbed up the listings. London has held the index's top position since 2015. The UK's financial centre has been a key factor in Brexit debates, with industry figures warning that a no-deal scenario could see financial services move out of London. The tech giant Apple has launched three new iPhone models, including the company's most expensive handset to date. Pricing of the 10s Max will start from $1,099, with extra internal storage bringing the top-priced version to $1,499. At Apple's annual product launch this week, the company also unveiled the iPhone XS, the lower-cost iPhone XR, and the Apple Watch Series 4. The new iPhones all feature facial recognition software and powerful processors for gaming and virtual reality experiences. 
The smartwatch comes equipped with new health features endorsed by the American Heart Association, with users able to measure their heart's rate and rhythm and detect abnormalities. Elsewhere in the world, seven people have been injured, four seriously, by a man wielding a knife and an iron bar in Paris. The initial attack took place just before 11pm on Sunday on the banks of a canal in the French capital's 19th district. People playing a game of petanque nearby threw balls at the attacker to try to stop him before the man then reportedly attacked two British tourists in a nearby street. The suspect, said to be Afghan, has been arrested. The incident is currently not being treated as a terrorist attack. Alex Jones and his InfoWars website have had their Twitter accounts permanently suspended. YouTube, Facebook, Apple and Spotify deleted the right-wing conspiracy theorist content last month, citing hate speech, while Twitter faced criticism for not banning him. The social media giant said unspecified new tweets and videos from the accounts have now violated its abusive behaviour policy. Jones is best known for spreading unsubstantiated allegations about events such as 9-11 and the Sandy Hook school shooting. The populist Sweden Democrats increased their share of the vote from 12.9% in 2014 to 17.6% in the Swedish national elections on Sunday. Although not quite as big as expected, the gain continues an upward trend for far-right parties across Europe that have seen the League take power in Italy and the AFD become Germany's third biggest party. Sweden's two main centrist parties both suffered losses and are in deadlock, meaning the country faces weeks of negotiations to agree a ruling coalition. North Korean leader Kim Jong-un has written to President Trump requesting a second summit following the leader's historic meeting in Singapore earlier this year. Sarah Sanders, the White House press secretary, described the letter as very positive and claimed the administration was open to a further meeting. The news follows the cancellation of Secretary of State Mike Pompeo's August trip after the US accused North Korea of insufficient progress in their denuclearization plans. However, Sanders said Kim Jong-un's recent correspondence was evidence of progress and conferred Trump's government had begun coordinating a second summit. Australian cartoonist Mark Knight has responded to claims his drawing of Serena Williams in News Corp's Herald Sun was repugnant and racist, saying, I can't undraw the cartoon. I think people have just misinterpreted. The cartoon depicts Williams at the US Open final on Saturday, where she lost to Naomi Osaka. Critics, including J.K. Rowling and civil rights activist Reverend Jesse Jackson, accused Knight of racism, claiming the cartoon resembled the illustrations caricaturing black people during the US's Jim Crow era. Knight said critics were making stuff up, claiming the cartoon was just based on Williams's tantrum on the day. In a clash with the match umpire on Saturday, Williams was penalised for calling Carlos Ramos a thief. The tennis star claims the ruling was sexist and would not have been given to a male player. Australian police have begun the search for missing person Lynette Dawson after a podcast on the historic case brought global attention to the mystery. Lynette Dawson went missing in 1982 and in 2015 a task force was set up to relaunch the investigation into her disappearance. The case became the subject of popular podcast The Teacher's Pet which explores evidence suggesting Dawson was killed by her husband, a verdict reached by two independent inquests into her disappearance. Australian officers have begun digging at Dawson's former home in a search for forensic evidence. Superintendent Scott Cook of New South Wales Police says the force will pursue charges against the woman's husband, Chris Dawson, regardless of whether evidence is uncovered at the property. Chinese star Fan Bingbing has been the subject of growing concern after rumours circulated the X-Men actress may have been detained by Chinese authorities for tax evasion. Fan has been missing for over two months, with fears sparked after the actress scored zero in a social responsibility report compiled on China's television and film stars. The score has fueled speculation Fan has been detained after her name was linked to a government probe investigating celebrity tax evasion. The news comes among a crackdown by Chinese authorities on the entertainment industry, 
the nation's communist leaders accusing celebrity culture of promoting money worship. Our facts of the week are... A Guardian investigation has revealed a government photographer edited official pictures of Donald Trump's inauguration to make the crowd appear bigger. Trump, who was angered by images showing his audience was smaller than Barack Obama's in 2009, personally intervened to ensure he had a new set of pictures that cropped out empty space where the crowd ended. Barack Obama has told an audience in California the story of how he once got kicked out of Disneyland's Magic Kingdom for smoking. The ex-president had been in the area with college friends to see a Cool and the Gang concert when they decided to detour to the theme park. England's football fixture against Switzerland was shown in black and white across television screens on Tuesday, marking the 25th anniversary of the sport's anti-racism campaign, Kick It Out. It is the first time fans will have seen part of a game in black and white in almost half a century, with the first 25 seconds of the match coverage screened in monochrome to celebrate the campaign's work tackling racism in football and encouraging inclusivity in the sport. And finally, supermarket Waitrose has faced criticism after publishing a list of student store cupboard essentials, including Balazzo Rose Harissa paste and organic Italian seasoning. The upmarket store suggestions for soon-to-be students were mocked by Twitter users, some sharing stories of sending their children to university with bags of frozen pizzas and instant noodles. Items including organic cider vinegar, Swiss boulon powder and organic soya sauce also made the list, provoking incredulity among cash-strapped students online. That's it for this week. If you enjoyed that, then do please rate, review, subscribe and tell your friends. We'll see you next time. Bye bye.